0: Well, thank you so much for joining us here today in person. And those of you online, thank you for connecting. I believe that the decision you made today is an investment in your uh, development in the kingdom of God. And uh, we will always be developing in the kingdom of God. It's a, it's a never-ending process, but it's good. It's something that, that will produce great, great fruit and great blessings and benefit, not only in our lives, but, you know, in the beginning when God said to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Now, if God said that to you, would you be excited about that? Well, I want you to know you are the children of Abraham, okay? The Bible tells us that he is our father in our faith and Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, but he said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And then he said something that was just as important, if not more important. I'm going to bless you that through you all the people of the earth will be blessed. Now, that's great for Abraham. But you know what? It's the same blessing God has for you. God wants to bless you. And there's nothing wrong with God's blessings. But God's word says it's more blessed to give than And so we have to receive to be able to give. Until we receive, we can't give. And so God wants to bless our lives, but we don't want to stop the blessing from flowing. And we want God to get the glory and for us and others to experience even more blessing as the blessing not only comes to us, it comes through us to those around us. Amen? God is a good God and he's doing great things in the earth, unfortunately, at this time, which is... Uh, already been told to us in the Word of God about the days we live in, that darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness of the people. The people are going to be more desperate and dangerous. There's going to be more despicable things being done. And all you have to do is look around and listen. And you can see it and hear it and, and we're exposed to it. But God's Word said, in spite of that darkness and gross darkness, He said, arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The glory of God has risen upon you. And God's word says he wants to take us from one level of glory to another, to another, to another, unendingly. And as people become aware of the glory of God, you know, we want people to be aware of the glory of God. God is a glorious, victorious God. But the way they become aware of the glory of God here in the earth... The Bible says it's Christ in us. As as we allow Jesus our Lord, our master, our savior, our owner. Yeah, our owner. The Bible says that our bodies aren't our own. They've been bought and paid for with a price, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. And the moment we call Jesus our Lord, He becomes our master, our owner, our controller. Or supposed to. But how many of you know that God is not going to make us do anything? Right? Right? God loves us too much. I really wish he would because then I, I would have to do it. But I get to choose. And I show my love, we show our love for God in making choices that align with him, that honor him and reveal him instead of doing our own thing, just like Jesus did in the garden. Father, not my will, but your will be done. And why did he do that? He did it because he loved his father. He wanted to honor his father and fulfill his father's will in the earth. But it was also because he loved others more than himself. And we're, we're growing in that. That's part of what we need to always be growing in. But it's hard sometimes because just like Shelby said this morning, You know, one of the things that hinders us from being more generous and and giving away and caring about others is that little gnawing thought in the back of us of, you know, if I do this, am I going to have enough? Because we've got more information today about what people are suffering and going through and dealing with, and there's such instability in in the world that we live in. It's so rapidly changing. There has never been. More change that is occurring to a greater degree at a faster rate than ever before in all mankind. And the the change that we see reported in the news and in all these other uh, areas that were available to find this information out, it's not good. For the most part, it's not good. But I want you to know God is doing great things in the earth, and you'll never hear them on the networks. You're not going to hear them in the newspapers, but God is moving, and, and there are thousands upon thousands of people that are being born again, being saved. Even in Gaza, there are people that are Jesus is appearing to, they're giving their life to the Lord. Uh, they're coming out of uh, Islam, coming out of other religions to embrace the one true God. And it's an amazing thing. And we are so grateful that we have have people that we support all over the world to help bring the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ and... uh, it is about a kingdom. There are two kingdoms warring in this world, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And we've been learning about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, because we're citizens in this new heaven, even though we're still here on earth. Because God wants to reveal His presence, His power, His provision, and His plan to the people that don't know Him through you, where He really is having His way. But Because we have that little thing in the back of our minds, that thought, you know, I may not be able to make it if I do this. But understand this. Whatever God asks of you, because he will ask things of you. He'll direct you to do things. He's not trying to get something from you. That's not what our God does. He doesn't just take. God wants us to entrust to him everything in our lives, that he can bring back to us even more so in the greater blessing, we can be a greater blessing. Because more and more people are in need these days. And God has a provision. It's his people that his blessing is going to overflow. The abundant life, the joy, the peace. The finances, the wisdom, the hope, even healing. But God wants us to be available to him because the days are growing short. And as they do, we need to be becoming the church without spot or wrinkle. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning we, we are continuing on in, in teaching about the kingdom of God because it is a whole new kingdom. If you move to another country, you move to England, they still speak our language, right? Or we speak their language. But you can move to some countries and there is a different language. They have a different word for every one of ours. It's amazing. And I'm telling you, I am not a linguist. I studied Spanish in school. I really did diligently. Didn't work so well because I took three years of Spanish one. And out of the goodness of my teacher's heart, she passed me because she didn't want to see me another year. And I'm still working on English. But my wife is helping me and and Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Gabe and the elders are helping me and some of you are helping me and it's a never-ending process. But, but when you go to another country, it's all different. Even though he, if we went to England, we could speak and understand most of what they're saying and they might understand most of what we're saying, but immediately, if you got into a car over there and started driving, do you know what would happen? <laughs> Probably the same thing that happens here. We become dangerous to other people. But we become really dangerous to other people over there because what we have is we have the American reference point. What side of the road do we drive on? The right side. What side of the road do the English drive on? So if you do, you do America in England and you are absolutely convinced this is my reference point, this is what we do, I've done it all my life. Well, that may have been great for America, but when you get into England, you do that, and your life is going to shorten up real quick. You're not only going to endanger yourself, you're going to endanger everybody else that's on the road, and they don't even know it. And it's the same way with us being in the world. But the Bible says we're not of the world. There's a new and living way we're supposed to be walking in. It's the way of the kingdom. And so we've been learning about the kingdom, understanding that what we valued up to this point in in our world without Christ is not really valuable. Not comparatively to the value of his kingdom, of the king of the kingdom, and of the word of our king. And so in Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 this was the foundational scripture that we started to look at where Jesus was teaching his disciples in parables he Matthew 13 teaches more about the kingdom mentions the kingdom of heaven more than any other place in the bible and he was teaching multitudes about the kingdom of heaven and then he began to teach his disciples and he started with this parable and before we go any further let's pray if you bow your heads heavenly father thank you for your presence here Lord, we know your word says that there's no place we can go that you're not there. It also says where two or more are gathered, you are there in their midst. So, Father, we know, absolutely convinced that your presence is here. But, Father, we don't just want your presence. We need your participation. And right now, you've said we have not because we ask not or we ask amiss. We ask that you would speak to our hearts, our minds, our circumstances and situations, our lives... That we would have your word that you said, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. And today, Father, I ask you to use me. Father, I'm grateful that you use weak and frail and foolish vessels to confound the wise and the powerful. Because, Father, every one of us can qualify. It's not an exclusive. It's an inclusive because that's who you are. The Father, today I ask that you would help me to give your words of life to your bride, the church, to the body of Christ that's growing and developing being strengthened and matured awaiting your return lord we thank you father for holy spirit that would bring revelation to your word today so that we can apply it and experience transformation we thank you father for all of this in jesus name and everyone said so in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, we're just going to take a little piece of this just as a reminder because it's been a couple of weeks. The kingdom of heaven is like what? A treasure. Now, we learned that the kingdom is a place where the king reigns, he rules, he's in authority. He, he is the one that, that has final say in everything. And the kings of the world have not done so great. But the King of kings and the Lord of the lords has done perfectly. Every good and perfect gift comes from from our God. And so we don't have to be afraid of him being in control of our lives. Him being the one that guides us and governs us and guards us because he can do a much better job than all of us together. And so this kingdom is a place where uh, the king has a domain, all right? They have dominion. They have a domain. And, and I was looking up the word domain. And the word domain, uh, part of the definition was they are the master. They are the Lord. They are the owner. And you know, if, if we have something that we own, How would we deal with what we own if it just ignored us? If it didn't do anything that we were asking whatever we own to do? You know, it could be a microwave. My phone doesn't do what I want it to do. But all I have to do is take it to my grandson or my granddaughter and they'll figure it out and show me what to do. But here we have, God has saved us. We have free will. And he he gives us the best guidance. He is a perfect ruler. He's not a controller in the sense of making us do something just because he wants to show he controls us. God tells us and directs us and guides us and governs us to do something because it's in our best interest. There's never been a time God has ever requested, asked, or commanded something that wasn't going to cause whoever was commanded or requested or asked their life to be better. Now, I didn't say easy. I didn't say convenient. I didn't say pleasant. But I am telling you, That whatever God asks is always the best. And it may not look that way or feel that way or sound that way here on earth, but why are we living for this little part of life? Because there's an eternity coming. And God wants us to live with an eternal mindset, not just a earthly mindset. Because if we are so focused on the moments of time and the situations and, and the successes that happen in this earth, we're going to be selling out our future. And so he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. This kingdom that we're now a part of is like treasure. And we found out the word treasure is the word deposit. And that deposit is something that enriches, enhances, and elevates our life. We're always looking for treasure, aren't we? No, I never buy anything. We're looking for things that will enrich and enhance and elevate our lives, okay? We'll say it that way. We're always on the lookout for that. And yet, how long? How long do the things that we get in this world and of this world, how long do they enrich or enhance or elevate our lives? And I'm not talking about relationships. I'm talking about the stuff that the world tells us every day. You can't live without this. Even, even, even the electronics that we are so dependent on. The manufacturer or the creator of these things has planned them to be obsolete in a very short time. I I was talking to somebody this week that had some challenges with their car, and their car isn't that old. But they found out that the manufacturer of their car doesn't make the parts they need anymore. Wow, that's pretty sad. I wonder why they did that. Because if you can't get the parts to fix it, so that it is acceptable to the authorities to run on our roads then you got to do something you got to buy another car unless you can find somewhere those parts our god does not do that he doesn't set you up for failure he sets you up for success there's no plan obsolescence god's kingdom never grows old even though the book was written Thousands upon thousands of years ago, I want you to understand that the words in there, they are as appropriate, they are as important to us today and relative to what we go through as they were before they were ever written. And yet so many people today are saying, well, you know, that's an old book. How could we even be concerned about that? And the reason why I talk about that is because if the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is a treasure, then the king of the kingdom is a treasure too, isn't he? He is is priceless. He is the most valuable. And if the king of the kingdom is priceless and most valuable, his word is also priceless and most valuable. And we've 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 looked at some other scriptures, but I want you to uh, look at this with me because it's born out in Scripture. Psalm one nineteen verse one sixty two, uh, the psalmist writes, "I rejoice at your word as one who finds what great treasure." Now, if I said, now I need y'all to listen because there's great treasure in the foyer. And whoever wants it can have it. What do you think would happen here? I would be talking to myself. Because everybody would be just making a beeline towards the foyer to find out where's this treasure. Because we all want treasure. We want what enhances and enriches and elevates our life. And yet we're we're doing so many things going after treasures that are temporal or temporary or of this earth. We spend time. We spend money. We spend resources. We spend energy trying to accumulate all this treasure that the world tells us you need to have. And it was just like what what this parable, this one and the next one, revealed that there was a a man that found this treasure in a field. And he went and sold everything and bought the field. Another man was looking for priceless pearls. And when he found the one that was like the kingdom of heaven, he sold all the other pearls, everything else he had collected. And this is an indication to help us understand the kingdom of heaven should not be put behind anything. The king of the kingdom shouldn't be put behind anything. The word of the king shouldn't be put behind anything. There should be nothing, there should be no one that comes before because it's not comparable to the pricelessness of the kingdom, of the king, and of his word. And I think we can, we're sitting in church, we'd all agree with that, but what, do our lives reveal? How how priceless, how valuable is the kingdom of God to us? How valuable is the king of the kingdom? How valuable is the word of the king? Because we have opportunity every day. This is an amazing kingdom where you have, I have, all of the people that have received Jesus as Lord, Savior, and Master, have opportunity to engage with him every day everywhere in every situation and yet it is so foreign to us isn't it because we'll we'll work through things and when we get to the place where we can't work it through or it just gets overwhelming that's when we turn to god and god god doesn't want us to be his the last source of what we look to, he wants us to have him as the first source. That he would precede everyone and everything. That's why the Bible says that Jesus should have the preeminence in all things. And so he says, I rejoice at your word because I, I'm one that's found great treasure. Do you know that everything you need to know is not in university or college or out there? There's a lot of information out there. I went to college. I majored. My written-down major was geology. My real major was academic survival. All I wanted to do was make it through. And I would cram for tests. And I want you to know, most of the stuff that I learned in college is gone. And I'm not saying everything you learn in college is useless, but I'm going to tell you this. Without exception, all the institutions of, of learning, they are doing the best they can. But there's one that is far beyond has the answer and the truth and there is nothing hidden and that is our God. Wisdom comes from God and wisdom comes from his word. And yet how much time do we spend? How much time do we really spend with God? Do you know that the least attended service here is our monthly praise and prayer service? If, if there was some celebrity that came to be at our church Monday night and, and you really followed the celebrity, you really wanted to be around the celebrity, you wanted to, to see them and hear them and be exposed to their wisdom and their, their abilities and gifts and talents, there wouldn't be anything that would keep you from here. And yet we we struggle because, well, you know, I got this to do and I got that to do and I got that to do. And I understand we all have full schedules. But understand that your schedule, your time, your talents, your treasures, all of those things, one day you and I, we all will stand before the Lord and answer for what we did with them. Did we use what God gave us for His purposes and plans, for His will, or did we use them for ourselves? That time is coming, and I don't want you, I don't want to stand before the Lord and say, yeah, you know, I, 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 I had this, I had that, I had the other thing. Because He's not going to Give me a hard time about it, but I'll be able to look in his eyes and know that I used something he had lovingly and generously given me for what I wanted instead of what he wanted. Great treasure. What are we doing? What treasures are we seeking? And we looked at this and we sang this today. I didn't know that, that the praise and worship team was going to be singing these songs, but uh, I found out and... Uh, we sang about what it is written in Matthew chapter seven, starting in verse twenty-four. Jesus is speaking again, he's he's speaking to a crowd, he's speaking to his disciples, and he said, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. So the rains came and the winds blew. The floods came and they beat upon the house. Now this is exactly what's going on in our society today with everyone. The winds of change, the floods of despair, and fear are beating every day, beating, 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 beating on us. And I was talking to somebody that was was telling me I, I, I felt impressed to call them and and I just wanted to see how they were doing, and they were like, I'm having a meltdown. I'm having a meltdown, I'm having a breakdown. And I know that that's not the only person that that happens with. We all at times feel like, man, I'm having a meltdown. I'm having a breakdown. I'm having a tough day. I don't know if I can keep standing. Well, I want you to know if you're trying to stand in your wisdom and your ability and your strength and your resources and your efforts, it's not going to work. We all come to those places where we get beyond us, sometimes quicker than others. But you can never, I can never, we can never get beyond God's ability. Why? Because God, with God, all things are possible. That God has promised, if we love him and are called according to his purpose, not our purpose, his purpose, that he'll work all these things out for good that you and I look at and say, this is impossible. This, I don't know how this is gonna work out. But then you don't have to continue to think about, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because when we think about I don't knows, how does that affect us? That brings a, an insecurity to us, doesn't it? Which then produces instability in us And then it just snowballs. And that's why it's not about us. It's about him. It's about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the king of the kingdom in his word. Because when we don't know, he does. And it's one thing if he just knew what the answer was, but he can do whatever is needed. And it's his good pleasure. The Bible says it's his good pleasure to give you, to give you his kingdom. This is a kingdom of life, a kingdom of health, a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of joy, a kingdom that will not ever end. It's a kingdom. The Bible tells us that the kingdom we're receiving is a kingdom that can't Be shaken. And I don't know about you, but I'm very aware that there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Everywhere you look, everything we look at, there's no real stability. There's no real guarantee. And things are getting more disruptive. And yet we as Christians should become more and more calm, assured, stable, more joy-filled, more peaceful, more hopeful. Because we in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is going the opposite way of the kingdom of this world. Unless we are not really tracking with the kingdom of God, and we're just kind of holding on to the world, even though we want to go to heaven. And we're going to experience the same things that people that don't know Jesus are going to experience and shouldn't because we have the Lord. We are in the kingdom of God. We have a more sure word A word that heaven and earth will pass away, but this word will not pass away. That God watches over his word to perform it. And yet, we still try and figure and work things out on our own instead of doing what God, the king of the kingdom, has told us in his kingdom, how it works, and it's by his word and faith in his word. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. All these things happened, but it did not fall. And the only reason why it didn't fall was because of the foundation. What's your foundation? What are you building your life on? Because the next portion of Scripture tells us what that's like. In verse 26 and 27, he said, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. See, you're in a dangerous place today. You really are. Because the Word of God is going forth. And you have a responsibility. What are you going to do with what you hear today? This is not, <laughs> this is about development, not entertainment. And too many Christians today are only interested in entertainment. They want to be entertained, they want to be distracted, but they don't want to change how they live their lives. And without changing our life, we'll never track more with God. He'll never have more access into our lives because we continue to do what we want to do and be what we want to be instead of being conformed to his image and transformed from what we were in the world. We keep track in the same way, expecting something different. And if we continue to do the same thing and expect something different, that is an indicator of insanity. But he says, if you hear my sayings and don't do them, you'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell. And great was its fall. Do you notice that the same thing happened to both those houses? Sometimes we wonder, why why did these things happen to me, God? Because, you know, I love you and I'm in your kingdom and Jesus, you're my Lord. Because you're living in a fallen world. This happens in this world. God never promised you this stuff wouldn't come at you, but he did promise you and everything you would be overwhelmingly more than a conqueror because we choose to follow God. We choose to trust God. We choose to know what he says for us to do and what he tells us not to do, and we comply. We don't just ignore him. We obey him because that's what somebody in a kingdom that is a good subject does. And yet in the kingdom of God, there are so many of us that struggle with rebellion, with resistance, with selective hearing. And that's to our detriment. And not only our detriment, the detriment of the people that God has for us to minister his life and his love to. Because we're being robbed. In truth, we're robbing ourselves. We're allowing the enemy to rob us. But we're partnering with the enemy because we're not partnering with God. The Bible tells us that in another place, If we are hearers and not doers of the word in James chapter 1, verse 22. This won't be up there. Don't worry, Cheryl. Didn't want to freak you out. Didn't give you that one. (laughs) It says, if we are hearers only and not doers of the word, we deceive. Anybody know who we deceive? We deceive ourselves. The absolute worst deception that any person can have is self-deception. Because we isolate and insulate ourselves from everybody else the moment we start to deal in deception because we don't want to listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. They're not my friend. They, and yet they're trying to tell us, just like if you had bad breath. When was the last time you smelled your bad breath? I'm going to tell you never because we don't. But everybody else does. And the moment they come to tell you and they say, You need a mint. All of a sudden you're like, what? Who are you to tell me I need a mint? I'm fine. And then we do one of the dumbest things. (laughs) Okay, maybe you didn't do what I did. And that would just convince me that I'm okay. Because the world says I'm okay, you're okay. We're all okay. Whatever you want, it's okay. Deception and delusion. Because a lot of the things that we're hearing in the world today are being supported and celebrated by the masses, even Christians. And yet it flies in the face in opposition of what truth says. And if we're not living, following truth, basing our lives on truth, what does truth do? Yeah, when you apply it to your life. We can know truth without applying it to our life, and we don't experience the freedom. We have to use it, adjust to it. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free and keep you free. So if we don't know the truth, then freedom isn't what we're getting. We're getting imprisoned. We're being robbed. Our options are being minimized. And yet we want what we want when we want it. See, if we leave here today, and this includes me, it includes you online. If we get done today and just go out and say, yeah, you know, the praise and worship team, they were jamming today. Man, we got to do that again. Thanks, Shelby. Thanks, team. And Pastor, he was okay. He was a little long, but, but 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 we got out in time to get to our reservation for lunch. And that's all you remember. You've been robbed. Not only have you been robbed, we each have been robbed because if you, there's not a deposit that goes into your life from God's word every time we open our bibles electronically or physically we meditate on his word if we don't take something away if something isn't deposited in here then we are not going to be who god has for us to be and we can't do what god has for us to do in impacting the world around us that he so loved he gave his son what are we willing to give And you may say, "Man, what's up yeah, with Pastor Kim, don't let him go in and have more coffee." <laughs> I did not have a cup of coffee here today. That must be it. No, that's not it. <laughs> the reason why I am so I like the word passionate. Some people say intense. <laughs> Call it what you will. It is what it is. Is because I'm seeing so many things that are indicating we are we are coming nearer and nearer. We're coming close to the return of the Lord. There are lives at stake about their eternity. And I'm going to fritter away my time instead of investing my time with God and in his word and and in service to him. And it doesn't mean you have to come here all the time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us connecting with God and really getting intimate, getting to know him and being led by him and, and being willing to be corrected by him and adjusted so that our lives will be those bright lights. That God says we're supposed to be. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But is it? See, these these things that happened to these houses, it it was just like it's happening now. Your neighbors that don't know Jesus, your co-workers that don't know Jesus, man, they're getting hammered. And we get upset with God saying, why am I getting hammered? Because you're in a battle. Your enemy doesn't fight fair. But it doesn't matter. He's already been defeated by your king. You are already part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That is without end. And you have vision. The scripture tells us that the king's word, the word of God, is alive and powerful in Hebrews. There's nothing more powerful than the word of God. And we see this throughout. But before we go any further, I just want to read this in the message translation. You know, sometimes I read these paraphrases. It's not really a translation, it's a paraphrase. But it gives really great insight. Listen to this. These words I speak to you are not incidental. Additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. Do you know that God doesn't want to just improve our life? He wants to give us a whole new abundant life. He wants your old life to go away. And he wants this new supernatural overflowing with life, life become your new norm. People should look at you and say, man, you look the same, but you're not the same. Because we're allowing God to have his way in us. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the rivers flooded, the tornado hit. We're seeing tornadoes hit all the time. Now I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about things that are going on in our, our societies, in our world. But nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. Now the next part is really interesting. Go ahead. But if you use my words in Bible studies, oh, I thought Bible studies were good. Listen, and don't work them into your life. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach, and when the storms rolled in and the waves came up and collapsed, it collapsed like a house of cards. Oh, I can understand that. That's pretty clear to me. We can sit in all the Bible studies, in all the church services. We can listen to all the teachings and read all the books. But if we don't apply this to our lives, we're hearers and not doers. We deceive ourselves. When we deceive ourselves, how great is the deception? And some of you will remember this, maybe not. But where there's deception, there is loss. Loss. When we don't know what truth is, we can be deceived. And when we can be deceived, we can be ripped off. And that's what the enemy does daily because we don't know. The Bible tells us God's people perish. Who's that? Us. We perish. We get ripped off because of our lack of knowledge. And how many of you know when the Bible talks about knowledge, it's not talking about what you can get. In the earth. And so, talking about the truth, we get out of the Bible, out of the Word of God, the Word of our King. We perish, we get ripped off because we don't know what the Word says. People do all sorts of things. I've done all sorts of things that I didn't know it was against what God wanted me to do. And so, I suffered. My family suffered. Others suffered the consequences of my ignorance. Now, there were other times I knew and I didn't want to obey. I'm just being honest with you today. And I think it's all true. It's true for all of us. There are times we just don't want to obey God because we just don't want to. And in that arrogance, that pride... There was a loss too. It doesn't matter. Ignorance or arrogance, it's a loss. And that's why we have to be people that recognize we're in this new kingdom. We, we have a new, whole new way of living. We really do have a king, and he is the most valuable in our lives. And so we're attentive and available to him more than anybody else. And we have this whole new way of speaking this word that our lives are supposed to be built on, because if not, the same stuff that's coming at our neighbors that don't know Jesus is going to come after you, and they need to see you standing, see you overcoming. And not only overcoming, but overcoming with great peace, great joy, great hope when you don't see the end result yet. In Psalm 107, verse 20, the Scripture says this. He sent His Word, He healed them, and He delivered them from their destruction. God's Word brings healing. He brings liberation. Deliverance from the plans And the traps and the snares of the enemy. It is paramount that we have the word of God. The Bible tells us, the psalmist says, I hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And what does sin bring? Death. But it's the word. It's the word that we we take, God's word. It's not just a book that people consider antiquated and irrelevant. Man, there are more and more Christians that are saying, you know what, I don't need the Bible. That's deception. I don't need the church. What I read in my Bible is that we are not, especially in the days we're living in, where we see the return of the Lord coming don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But there are so many things in our society that are pulling us away from this. There are so many rationalizations and justifications we have that we don't need it. And we don't think we do until we do. I'll say it again. We don't think we do until we do. And we're all going to come to that moment in time where we realize, man, I really do need it. I need the word of God. I need God himself. I need the body of Christ. I need what God has said I need. Not what I think I need. God's word is so powerful. And it's not ever changed. How was creation? done by god. Genesis chapter 1. Anybody remember not not specifically how did god do it? Did he just kind of pull some things together and then press them hard and make the planets and the sun and you know Yeah, do you know how many times it says that god said in chapter 1 of Genesis? 7 times the number of completion. And god said Light be and light was. And God said, and God said, and God said, this is God's word. Well, you know, it's God's word. God God can do anything. So when he speaks, everybody listens. Really? No. But I'll tell you, creation did. Knew who was its master. owner and when God spoke it became there was such power in God's words but I want you to understand God has given you child of God his word with the same power in it to speak in your days To speak like. It's the exact same thing that, that God told Joshua when he was taking over from Moses. He said, you need to meditate day and night on this word so that you can observe to do all that's in here, and then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. John chapter 6, Jesus is talking to a large group of people teaching, this is in the time of his popularity, there are multitudes following him, and he says some things to, to the group following him, and he says, he's speaking towards the Lord's table, what's gonna happen, what we partake of, where we do what we do in remembrance of him. He's speaking towards that, and they don't understand it. They can't understand it. And they say to Jesus, man, you've said a hard thing. Who can understand it? Well, I want you to know I don't understand everything I read in the Bible. But when I get direction from what the Word of God says, I can do it whether I understand it or not. I drive my car. I don't understand how it works. I use my phone and my iPad. I don't understand how they work. But I can be obedient to follow directions. We can be obedient to follow the direction of the word of God and experience the life that God has, the freedom that God has. But in in John 6, he's speaking to these people, and this large group of followers, disciples so-called, had said, who can understand this? this is a hard saying, and they turned and walked away. In verse 63, Jesus says this: it is the spirit who gives life. Flesh profits what? Right. The Bible says, if you sow to the flesh, you reap destruction. Who's, who's behind that? The enemy. The word that I speak to you, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. God's word is life. The Bible tells us God's word is life and health to those who find it. And then in verse 68, he turns to the disciples after this large group of followers leaves, and he says to them, Peter, James, John, all those guys, he says, are you going to go too? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. What Peter just said is the very same revelation that he had when Jesus said, who does everybody say I am? And they start saying Elijah and this and that. And and Peter says, you're the son of God. There's a moment of revelation, a moment of clarity. And this is a moment of revelation to realize, man, there's nowhere else, no one else we can go to that is going to have words that have eternal life. And it's still that way. This isn't exclusive. We can't go to other religions and have words of eternal life. We have to go to the scriptures because in them is life. Life. That's why the Bible is unlike anything else. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11 through 12, and we're gonna close up with this because this is where we're gonna be for a while. It says all scripture. Have you ever come across people that say, well, you know, I don't see how God could have put a book together. That's just put together by man and it's written by men. Well, you know what? If God can't put together what he wants together, then he's not able to do a whole lot. And he did. Well, I don't know if it's really in error, uh, if it's infallible or, or if it's really true. You know what? If you don't believe it, you don't believe it and you don't get the benefit of it. But this says all scripture, cover to cover, is given by what? Inspiration of who? God. Well, you know, God's pretty inspiring. I've heard some really good inspiring speakers, but God's one of the best of them. (laughs) That word inspiration, it's a compound word and it means God breathed. God breathed. Do you remember when, when... God didn't create Adam and Eve by speaking, did he? That's when things changed. God spoke everything else up to that point. And then in that moment, God said among himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let's make man in our image. And then he took dirt from the dirt he created and formed it into a man, Adam. But there was no life in Adam. And the Bible says God breathed. God breathed the breath of life into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. God breathed. The Scriptures are God-breathed that same power to bring life into a clay body, a body that was formed of the dust of the earth, God breathed and life came. And the life of mankind began. And understand, the life of mankind can only be sustained by the word of God. It was the word John chapter one, the Bible says the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among among us. Who is that? Jesus. The word. God so loved, he gave his only son the word to come and die in our place. To bear our shame and our sorrows and our sins. It's the word that freed us from all that in the person of Jesus. But there is the truth of God's word that can free us every day from the things that hinder and hurt and hold us from the life God has for us. And it goes on to say it's profitable profitable for doctrine reproof correction they're right there reproof and correction although we don't want it we need it for instruction and in righteousness that the man of god the person of god the child of god may be complete thoroughly equipped thoroughly equipped isn't it a bummer when you are trying to do something and you don't have all the equipment you need? That happens to me a lot. Because I don't, I don't fix things very well. My favorite tool is a hammer. <laughs> no joke. And, and so I don't always have the equipment I need. So I can't always do what I need to do to make things the way they should be. But if this says... The Scriptures are God-breathed, and they, if we let them begin to work on us and work in us to teach us, to adjust us, to align us so that we'll be prepared. You know, a lot of people read things in the Bible, and they just get scared. Read in in Revelation what's going to happen, and it is, and they get scared. God has never had anything in the Word of God to scare us. He's had everything in the Word of God to prepare us. Because if you're prepared, you don't have to be scared. I know that. I told you, I majored in academic survival. Fear would come upon me and over me every time there would be a test or a quiz denounced. I had, there were times that I really literally had panic attacks and I would shake. And there were other people in the class, I'd look at them, Brad, and they're like, big old smile comes over their face. And I'd be so upset with them. But I found out the reason why they were able to smile and I was terrified. They were prepared and I wasn't. You don't have to fear anything you're prepared for, especially when God thoroughly equips and prepares you. There's nothing you need beyond that. And everything that God has for you to be overwhelmingly more than a conqueror is right there. But have we taken the time? To recognize, to turn from what we're pursuing, to turn to God and pursue Him, pursue His kingdom, and pursue His Word. We're going to continue to see how, how powerful God's Word is, that you can't live the abundant life without it. If you'd bow your head. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you didn't leave us alone. That not only did you send your son to come and pay the price for our sin that we couldn't pay ourselves, so that we could receive your forgiveness and cleansing to step into a right relationship with you, that we continue to grow and develop as, as we chose to prioritize you and your kingdom and your word over everything else. And Father, not just that, you cleansed us. Our past is past at last. And every time we mess up or trip up, we can come to you and confess our sin and you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Once again, from all unrighteousness. Today, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, if you're here or online and you have never turned to Christ to trust in him, you may know a lot about him, you may read your Bible, you may pray, but you have never surrendered your life to Jesus and recognized you can't save yourself. It's like pulling yourself out of a deep hole. You can't do it. You need somebody who's gone into the hole and knows what it's like and gone out of the hole and now is above it. Jesus is above it all. He conquered hell and death in the grave. And today, he wants to set you free. He wants you to be able to experience and embrace the abundant life that he died to give you. But it requires acknowledging that you can't give it to yourself. You need a Savior. And that is Jesus. And you repent of your sin and you receive him as Lord, master, owner, so that he can govern and guide and guard you like no one else can. If you're here this morning and, and maybe you've never, never done that, I want to pray with you and I'm not going to ask you to pray alone or embarrass you. I, I'm going to ask you to pray with all of us as we pray, but... Not just for for you for the first time. If you've been away from God, you've been running your own way, doing your own thing, and you realize it's time. It's not working. It's time to come back. It's time to resubmit and commit to our Lord and Savior. And I ask you today to let God know that as you pray, Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Son, Jesus, who willingly came to earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross to pay the price for my sin. Today, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I come to You to receive Your cleansing and forgiveness. For you to come in, be Lord of my life, because you are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are my King, my Lord, from this day forward. I am yours. You are mine. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for growing me every day as I turn to you, trust in you, look for you, and listen for you as I open your word. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, let somebody know. If you prayed it for the first time or you just came back to God. We all at times go off on detours we have to come back, but it's good to come back, and it's good to begin. So we celebrate you if you have turned back to Christ or if you have turned to Christ for the first time. Would you stand? There's somebody that's already gone ahead of you in this week, and you might say, oh, thank God, they're in Monday. They're going to take care of it. And that's God. The Bible says he goes ahead of you and prepares your way. But how many of you know if he prepares a way and we don't go his way It's not his fault. So we need to know he's prepared the best way for us. But we've got to go his way. And so I'm going to pray for you today before we dismiss, but I'm going to say one thing before I do pray. And that is we still have cards out here. If you weren't here last week when we honored and appreciated and celebrated Miss Lynn in her 25 years as the director of the children's ministry. We have cards out there to make available to you to be able to write a thank you to Miss Lynn. She's been faithful and amazing. And there's, there's, I saw her. Did she leave? Did Kelly leave? I uh, thought I saw her in here for a second. I was going to say, stop. This is the one that's stepping up. But she is. Kelly Reese is, is leading the teams and uh, team leader and and we're grateful for that. Just be praying. Pray for, for every person that serves and ministers here because it's, it's, it is a labor of love, but it's in the middle of a battlefield. And we win, so it's good. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every one of your children here, those that are online, that are listening and watching. Father, I thank you that your presence is with each one of us who has invited and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You've come to live in us by your spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. The spirit that hovered over the waters at creation. That empowers us to live this victorious life. And imparts to us gifts and abilities. And develops in us the fruit of the Spirit as we yield to Him. Father, we thank You that we can walk out our days in this earth as lights in the darkness, as salt preserving. Now, Father, people would see the transformation that's going on in our lives and, and see Christ in us and be drawn to Him. Your Word says if... If, Lord, you be lifted up from the earth, and we know it spoke directly to the cross, but it's in our lives too, all people would be drawn unto you. Use us this week to reveal your care, your kindness, your love, your generosity, your goodness, your faithfulness, your patience, your joy, your peace, that people would be drawn to you. Father, we pray that we would be aware like never before and sensitive to the guidance of Holy Spirit and the multitude of opportunities that are around us to sow your life, your love, and your truth into them. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Have a great week.